podcasting from Minnesota, one of the largest and fastest growing tech regions in the country. I'm your host, Manasi Legankar, a student aspiring to be the next Elon Musk, but better and with morals. This is In Technology We Trust, where we explore technological advancements said to be for the betterment of society. But are they really? Well, what exactly is Neuralink? When you first hear it, Neuralink's goal sounds like something out of a mad scientist notebook with Elon Musk leading. That image isn't far off. However, if you look past what appears to be a sci-fi horror movie, you can picture a very different future for humanity. One with a new sixth sense called Neuralink. Neuralink, according to Toward Data Science, is a device that will first be used to help paraplegics with simple tasks, such as using an iPhone and making mouse clicks in a computer by making no physical movement. That's amazing, but I don't think you really care about that. What you must be wondering is, how does this actually work? There are two components to this, the part inside the brain and the part outside the brain. The part that's inside the brain works like this. They place electrodes, which are devices that are used to detect electric fields, inside the brain. Electric fields occur when nerves fire messages to one another. For example, Neuralink uses the electrodes to detect when nerves are sending messages to each other. One of the electrodes, we'll call it electrode 1, was placed right on the neuron. Because it's directly on the neuron, it would be able to to detect any electrical field generated as a result of the neuron firing. They then placed another electrode. We'll call this electrode 2. Farther away, to see if it could still detect an electric field from the neuron firing. If it could, they moved it farther and farther until a point where electrode 2 could no longer detect the neuron's electric signal. At that point, electrode 1 would report that the neuron is firing, but but electrode 2 wouldn't be able to confirm it. In other words, electrode 2 was too far from the neuron. That distance was 16 nanometers. Without getting any further into the weeds, the fact that 16 nanometers means it would have to be inside, not outside the skull. At the very least, the electrodes would need to reside underneath the skull. And that's exactly what they're going to do. The electrodes, along with a small receiver, will be fitted underneath the skull. No, you won't have an antenna sticking out of your head and no poles, don't worry. They're not impaling your brain. The chip is small enough to rest on the tip of your finger. The part outside the brain is called Link. Having a bionic super brain chip robotically implanted in your head is something that most of us would consider a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Software updates are already inconvenient, and they always happen when we don't want them to. The idea of having to make a trip to the local neurosurgeon every time the software wants to run an update takes away a glimpse of the appeal that having a super brain might bring. So a large piece of Neuralink resides outside the skull, as a wearable behind your ear. The link houses the software as well as the batteries. 
This way, when you're at 5% battery life, you can just remove the device to recharge. Same with the software update. The processing happens on the link. Hey Siri, who's the founder of Neuralink? Elon Musk. Well, actually Siri's only telling half the story. Neuralink was co-founded by Max Hodak and Elon Musk. Let's start with who Elon Musk and Max Hodak are, other than these rich, smart people who started a mind control company. Elon Musk is a literal Tony Stark. Except personally, I think Tony Stark had more pizzazz. Elon Musk co-founded the electronic payment form PayPal, bought by eBay, and formed SpaceX, maker of launch vehicles and spacecraft. Contrary to popular belief, Elon Musk isn't the founder of Tesla. He was one of the first significant investors in it, as well as the current executive officer, CEO of Tesla. Max Hodak, on the other hand, was CEO of Transcriptic, a robotic cloud laboratory for the life sciences for the first five years. Then he helped start Neuralink, where he served as president from start through early 2021, when he left and started his own company called Science Corp, a biology-driven company focused on the brain. Basically, another Neuralink. Well, why did Max Hodak leave Neuralink? After many hours of stalking Hodak, I came up with nothing. No one currently knows why Hodak left Neuralink, some suspect that he left due to a disagreement with Musk, while others believe that Musk fired him for not being able to keep up with Neuralink's timeline for when they wanted to start product testing. Well, so what? Why should we care? This is the technology of the future. In fact, this company has already started testing, not on humans, but on a monkey. To summarize, the implant of the brain chip was successful, and they were able to get it to work by getting a monkey to play Pong. Now, Pong is a computer game. Using its mind, the monkey was able to move a cursor on screen without a joystick to do so. Meaning that this technology is not something of the later future, not an innovation that we can procrastinate on to learn about. Rather, this technology is something of the present and something that will soon be affecting our education system, our work environments, but most of all, our actions. If we don't educate ourselves about the new technological advancements, no one else will. Well, that was all for this episode. We'll see you all in the next episode, where we look at Neuralink from a different perspective. Credits for the facts and statistics of this episode go to Futurism, CNBC, Britannica, Toward Data Science, and BBC. Up next on In Technology We Trust. This also poses so many questions on possible exploitations of this technology. I remember that in this robotics class I was in, we would have discussions after learning about new technological advancements. 
I remember specifically after watching this video, the first thing that was brought up in discussion was exploitations. The theories that I heard were wild. There were ones where if you got the chip implanted, companies like Apple and Google would start selling you space for more memory on the chip. And if you can't pay for the memory, they would lock you out of your own brain. Another possible exploitation theory I heard was that hackers could gain control of the chips in your head and then essentially control you. Like imagine having complete control over someone. People could commit crimes through another person and the actual person who masterminded the crime would never go to prison. My favorite theory is the one where something like 1984 happens. 1984, for those of you that don't know, is about complete government control and no freedom of expression in any way. The theory is similar. It's where the government will somehow gain access to the chip implanted in your head and slowly start implanting information that they want you to believe, which will then lead to false information. And by doing so, they can control what you say and what you can and cannot think, thus taking away freedom of expression and freedom of speech. Thank you for listening to In Technology We Trust with Manasi Legangar. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.intechnologywetrust.com or leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next time when we continue to explore Neuralink, founded by Elon Musk, but we'll take a turn and look at things from another perspective.